0: Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. The series Devoted is all about your relationship with God. How many of us know that this thing that we have with God is a very important thing that we need to connect with on a daily basis? Amen? And that's because that a lot of the things that we do, a lot of the decisions that we make in life, they flow out of our relationship with God. So if this thing isn't working right, a lot of the other stuff that we do in our lives doesn't seem to work right either. And so, you know, being a Christian, for those of you that might be new, if you don't come to church very often, being a Christian is not about religious discipline. You know, I feel like there would be plenty of people that feel like that's what being a Christian is all about, you know, uh, reading books and lighting candles and repeating repetitive prayers. That is not what being a Christian is all about. Being a Christian is about desire. Being a Christian is about being devoted to God, wanting to connect with God. And you know, there are things that can sever our connection with God. I'm going to speak a little bit about that today, but we want to make sure that we have that close and intimate relationship with God where possible. I think devote to God is a key to not only intimacy with God, but it's a key to the move of the Spirit of God. So if you're looking for the Spirit of God to move in your life and you're not devoted, in fact, you have no desire to connect with Him, you may find a struggle to see this, or you may struggle to see the Spirit really move in your life. But the other thing as well is, if we wanna see good things that are happening, maybe in our own lives, maybe things that are even happening in our church right now, if we wanna see those things continue to happen, there's gotta be some hunger in our hearts, amen? We want to see that thing really develop. And so, yeah, my message today is is called, Are You Connecting With God? Are you connecting with God? Because you can be disciplined and not connect. You can be disciplined and not connect. You can run through the ritual and you can run through the routine of church and you can not connect at all. It was uh, Pastor Sarah and my 17th, year anniversary this week. Thank you. I felt like we were doing well, only to be stood up by Pete and Susie. It was their 21st. Is that right? 21 years they've been married for. And so uh, we decided that we would go out for a nice dinner. And we, you know, booked a restaurant, came, we went, we sat down and luckily for us, we always have plenty to talk about. We both like to talk. And so we had plenty to talk about the, the whole time. But can you imagine if you know, we had booked the time and the space in our calendar, and then we went and we sat down to have dinner together. And as we're sitting across the table from one another, we just sort of look at each other and then pull out our phones and we start scrolling through Facebook to see what else is going on. Or, Instagram or whatever it is, we just get some good screen time and you know, every now and then look up just to check that the other person's still present and we just keep scrolling through there, right? How many of you know that prayer life, you know, your prayer life can sometimes be a little bit like that? It's like you make the time, then you set the place and you sit down and 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 then there's just there's no connection because that's what would be happening there. It's like we sit down across from each other, there's no connection. You can be in proximity to another person and not connect with them. You can be in proximity to the Spirit of God and not connect with Him. Yeah. You know, God is omnipresent, right? So He is everywhere. So whenever you pray, He's there. But I how many people spend that time or set aside that time and they're sitting in the presence of God and yet there's no connection. Connecting with God is an important part of our prayer life. Otherwise, it becomes dry. It becomes arduous. And I just think, you know, you can be around God all the time and still not connect. You can be at church and not connect with God. It can happen. It does happen. I spoke to a guy once who told me that it was happening to him. And he said to me uh, many, many years ago, hey, I'm at church and he just wanted to, like, let me know something. I just want to let you know that the presence of God is not here. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Because uh, I, I, I looked at other people that were there on the, on the day, and people are having amazing experiences with God. And this one person said, no, no, God's not here. Listen, God is everywhere. But we do understand that there are times when we can feel His presence, when His presence is made manifest And so it's almost like it invades our our personal space. And I said, well, hey, it's really interesting that you say that because all around you, people are connecting with God. Maybe the problem isn't, you know, the presence. Maybe the problem is you. And maybe there's a reason why you're struggling to connect with God. People struggle to connect with God all the time. You can be a small group and, you know, everyone's sitting around and talking about experiences that they have with God and you just don't have it. You know, it's like everyone's got their heads down, they're praying, and mid-prayer, you look up and you're like, "Wow, this is really going for a while." Yeah, all right, and you, you, you know, you, you're back to it. Have you ever been in a? <laughs> have you ever been in a worship setting? This this could happen at church. Surely this surely this happens at church. People are encountering the presence of God, and they're worshiping, and you're just like, you know, like looking around the room, like not much is happening. Gosh. How long has worship been going for anyway you know it's it's like you're there but you're not there oh this happens to people and this is a really important thing that we want to fix if that's where we're at so what does it really look like to connect with god prayer yeah well of course prayer prayer is absolutely a way that we connect with god but what does prayer look like when it's working is it do you fold i mean do you is it like this or is it like this You know, is it like this? Like, what is the way that we connect with God? Like, is it what do I have to do in my prayer life to be able to connect with Him really well? And I think we need to figure all of this stuff out because it's incredibly important. And here's why, this is where all the good stuff happens in, in prayer. What do I mean by that? I mean, good stuff happens in prayer. I mean, you get insight in prayer And when you connect with God, maybe I shouldn't say prayer because when I say prayer for some people, not for everyone, but for some people, it just conjures up religious practice. But let me say this, when you connect with God, it's where you start to get insight for your life. It's where you get wisdom for your life. And there are plenty of people that have questions about what they should do in their life. Do we buy this house? Is this the right time to sell? Do we invest in this? Do I take a new job? What do I do, right? It's in those connection moments with God that you can start to get insight. And a word in season when you really need to hear from God and get direction for your life is incredibly powerful. It's not just about getting direction for your life. When you connect with God, it's an anchor for your soul. Yeah. It really is. I mean, life can sometimes be like this, you know, it's, it's the highs and the lows. You know, we, we ride the peaks and the troughs, you know, and, and if, if your life is like this, dramatic, and there's always things going on, when you start to pray and connect with God, it anchors you. I'm telling you right now, there's something about being in His presence that in all honesty, you cannot get anywhere else. There is nothing like it on planet Earth. And you can read every self-help book that you like. You can go meet with your counselor. They can give you exercises and things that you should do. You can do breathing techniques. And I'm telling you right now, there is nothing quite like anchoring to the sovereign God who rules the universe. And it means that when things start to go a little bit awry in your life, and they do for all of us, everybody, they do, so when things start to get really difficult, it anchors you. You're like, "I'm gonna be okay. It's gonna be all right." Have you ever seen somebody that has walked through the valley of the shadow of death and is like, "I'm okay," and it's like, "Wow, where do you get that from?" It's a it's a peace that comes with God's presence. And there's nothing else like it on planet Earth. And I I want to tell you one more thing about prayer, because I'm going to get to how to connect with God. That's really important. Before I do, one more thing. When you connect with God, when you you pray, it has the power to move mountains. You know, the power to shift things that are impossible. And you know, there's a lot of things, to be honest, there's a lot of things that grit, determination, willpower, you can move some things. But come on, let's be honest. There are mountains that are impossible to move. There are sicknesses that are incurable. There are things that there is just no way. You couldn't organize it. You couldn't orchestrate it. You couldn't form the connections. You couldn't build the relationships. You couldn't find the finance. You couldn't position yourself properly in your own strength. But God seems to have this way to stretch His hand across your life and bring all these things together and shift what would have been impossible. Have you ever had that? Come on. Have you ever had that where you look back over your life and you're like, there's no way but by God. And if you haven't had that good news, you can have it too. Because there are moments in our life where we know in our knower that the only way that this happened was that God moved. And we want to see God move in our life, right? So I want to read a scripture to you out of Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. God said, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, with all of your heart. It's like a principle in the scriptures, isn't it? How many times does it talk about connecting with God by our heart? Hard to connect with God when your heart is not in it. This thing, the Hebrew word leb, right? It means your desire. Did you know that? that your, the word heart, when they talk about your heart, do you know that they're talking about your desire? They're talking about your will. They're talking about your inclination. In other words, your devotion. You know, your your heart is how devoted you are to something. And it's this very thing, right, that God responds to. Because He sees your heart's desire, and it's that that really moves Him. Not not cold, sterile, rigid, discipline. I mean... How would you like it if you were a tick box in somebody else's life? You know, if you're a tick box in your spouse's life, you know, and they say, come on, suppose we should talk. We are married after all, you know, we are in a covenant relationship. So, yep, let's do this, you know, and then done, you know, five minutes, done. All right, but I did it. I mean, honestly, if anybody was treated like that, that marriage is going to need some counseling, right? because it's not gonna go very well. You think that God doesn't know when He's a tick box in a person's life, like He's some kind of area of their responsibility? It's not about cold, sterile discipline. It's about devotion. It's about heart. It's about wanting to connect with Him. Listen, nobody mastered prayer like Jesus, right? Jesus mastered prayer. And so when we're looking at Jesus, we should do two things not just listen to what he said, but to do what he did. Let's look at what Jesus said, and let's look at what Jesus did. Here's what Jesus said about connecting with God. He said in Matthew 6, verse seven, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Look, some people have got the gift of the gab. Some people have many words. They have a very high word count. And, and, and standing in public places and using that high word count and saying, heaping up those, those prayers, and maybe they even sound amazing, right? And they're very, very good at putting all those words together. But if there's no heart connection to those words, do you think that God is going to move on that prayer? No. I wonder how many people, and I've heard this many times, where they say, I just can't, like when they're trying to assess the level or depth of their own prayer life, they compare their private prayer life to something they've seen on public display. And they say, I can't pray like that. Well, that's okay, you don't have to. Like Jesus, when He talked about prayer, He said, go in behind closed doors, did He not? See, when, you, when I talk about prayer, it's not about the eloquence of your words. You might not be able to string together amazing sentences that sound like beautiful prayers, right? But that doesn't really matter. It, Guys, listen, it's not about the show. It's not showy. It's not showy. You know the Gentiles they had showy prayers. They stood in public places, and I believe that God said that you know, people that stand in public places and heap up empty phrases, and he says people don't want to want and even talking about the Pharisees, not just the Gentiles, but he said they have truly received their reward. Do you know what the reward is of someone who can stand in a public place and pull together beautiful eloquent prayers but have no heart connection? Do you know what do you know what it is that the reward that they get, the accolades of people? Because people go, wow, look at you. Yeah, that's it. It's not much of a reward, guys. It's not much of a reward. The reward is you impress people. But when you've got a heart for God, isn't it not more important to impress God than it is to impress people? Yeah. So, so this is what Jesus did when He prayed. It says in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, in the days of His flesh, this is before Jesus died, it says, Jesus offered up prayers and supplication. Supplication is a request from someone with authority, so he would go to God. And it says, with loud cries and tears. Oh, it was deeply emotional for Jesus. Not stoic, not like just, like nothing is happening on the, on the outside or the inside, not just working through prayers, but like for him, it was intensely personal. And so it was emotional for him. He says, with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, And he was heard because of his what? You are very quiet this morning, church. This is an open book test. (laughs) He was heard because of his what? Reverence. Reverence. That's right. What's reverence? It's holy awe of God. It's like when you behold him and you see him as he is, it's like, wow, this is who God is. And I'll tell you something uh, uh, about this holy awe and reverence. You don't need a theology degree to have that. You don't need a theology degree to have that. Anybody that believes that God is the creator of all things, and He is this big and this amazing, even if they haven't studied the Word of God, but you're like, God, if you're real, you are amazing, right? And, and, and anybody that approaches Him like that, with that genuineness in their heart, they can connect with God. There's a guy by the name of Corey Russell. He wrote a book on prayer, Teaches to Pray, It is a fantastic book, one of the best books I have ever read on prayer. And he said this, because he was praying to God one time, and he said, God, don't let my words fall to the ground. And he said that God answered him back and said, how do you expect that to happen when my words sink to the bottom of your heart? Ooh, God, I want my prayers to carry I want the words that I speak to get to you. I want you to move on my prayers. And God is saying, yes, and I want you to move on the things that I'm saying. Stop ignoring what I'm saying. The last last thing I said to you, go back and do that. And then we can talk again. Stop trying to get out of what God has already told you to do and just be obedient and then come back to Him. It's like if we're, just, if, if we're just trying to get around the things that God wants us to do, don't let my words fall to the ground. He would say the same thing back to us. It's about relationship. It's about honour. It's about honouring the words that, is, that God speaks to you. And I realise even in saying that, some of you might hear that and say, well, I would love to just hear words from God. Cool, we're going to get to that. But when you get something from God, whether it be from someone else or maybe directly in prayer, you got to come to that place and honour it. See, my thing is anyone can connect with God, but it's not about prayer. It's about posture. It's about posture. So there would be plenty of people that have probably prayed, Oh, Jesus, help me get a car park. Oh, Lord, help fix this problem, right? But... But really, there's, there's not really a posture there. They just need a quick fix. You know, we don't really wanna serve the God of quick fixes. I mean, it's good when He does, and sometimes we need it. But if that's all God is to you, there's no holy awe and reverence there. It's like, you work for me. I need you now. And I wonder how many times God would say, well, I needed you yesterday, but you were too busy. You know. I, I need you all the time, but you've but you you you've got so much going on that you're not really listening. And our relationship with God come, becomes more about, I need you now, so I need you to show up. God, help me get that car park. When we talk about connecting with God, it's not about how smart you are. So throw that out the window. So anyone's going, if I just knew a little bit more. Nope, you don't need to know heaps. It helps because it might inform some of your requests. Sure, but we're just talking about connecting with God. So it's not about how smart you are. It's not about how you fold your hands. It's not about the length of time that you take. What is it about? It's about desire. It's about posture. It's about getting before God and seeing who He is and approaching Him in that way. Now, there, there are times where you know, you might step into a prayer for two minutes because you needed to do it. I've done that. Like, I mean, if you've ever had to go into a big serious meeting and you just need God to move in, in that moment, Uh, and and you're like, you know, just before you go into that meeting, just before you go and meet with your boss, just before you ask your girlfriend to propose to you, just before you ask, you know, just before something big's about to happen, right? You step aside and you say, God, I really need you right now. There's a big difference between actually approaching him in that minute and saying, God, I still need that car park. You know, it's like, one is like, God, I'm seeking your plan for my life. Like, and tell me, because I do want to know Can I just sidebar something for just a moment? When you pray to God and He doesn't say yes, that's not the same thing as Him not having heard you? I'm convinced that there would be people that think, unless I get a yes, He hasn't heard me. Because surely if He understood my request, He would give me what I want. But He doesn't. Isn't it good that we serve a God who's able to choose between our foolish prayers and the ones that are actually lining up with His plans and His purposes? Yeah. It's like even Jesus. Remember Jesus? He was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. I talked about this last week. And He said, hey, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. In other words, I don't want to die. Of course, He doesn't want to die. Is there any other way? But God doesn't let Him out of it. And Jesus still chooses it. And why is that? Well, because of what Jesus did, we actually have something called the gospel. We we, we now have good news because God didn't let Jesus out of it because Jesus didn't get a yes in this moment. And it was Jesus because He didn't get a yes in that moment. He then went on to pay the penalty for sins, dying on the cross to set us free from the power of sin, which means what? Now, because of His death, we can all come into the presence of God and we don't have to be ashamed. Why? Because our sins are forgiven. If you've given your life to Jesus and your sins are forgiven, you come into the presence of God. Why? Because you know that He's already paid the penalty for that. So we don't always get a yes and that's okay. It's just about getting with God and listening to what He wants to say to us. And sometimes prayer is just getting on board with what He wants to do, not what we want to do. When When I talk about posture, posture is all about your position. Posture is all about position. And I think that this is both metaphysical in the sense that it's your heart, but it's also physical, like in the sense that you can have a place. So you get your heart right and find a place. Listen, this is not meant to be much of a technique thing because it's all driven by the heart, right? But guys, helps to have a place. Jesus had a place. I decided to pull up all the scriptures that were about Jesus when he went away to pray. Do you know what it says? He had a place, but he traveled a lot. So he had to have multiple places. But the place that he would go was often the mountain. Why? Because he was alone. It actually says desolate places. In other words, where there was, where he could eliminate distractions because there wasn't lots of things happening around him. So he could just focus in on God. Yeah. And so he had a time that he would pray. It would says that Jesus often got up early in the morning, but it wasn't just about early in the morning. It was more than that. Sometimes he prayed all through the night. You know, when he was choosing his disciples, he prayed all through the night. On multiple occasions, he just prayed. He he was in this constant place of prayer with God, but there were moments that he still got away by himself and specifically designated time and that place so that he could pray. Why? Because he had an important mission. And it's funny, like it's in those spaces, listen, it's in those spaces where all the other stuff flows. If you're not seeing the Spirit of God flow in your life, my first question is, is usually, I'll, I'll go down the road of a couple, couple roads here. Uh, number one, how's your prayer life? Yeah. And the amount of people that have a poor prayer life and are not seeing God move, it, it, it's amazing. You know, or how's your word life? In other words, are you reading the Scriptures. Listen, it's not rocket science. You know, you read the Scriptures and spend time with God and it's out of that space that the good stuff happens. It's out of that space that things begin to flow. It's out of that space that you get a word that that might help you to transition from where you are to the place that you've got to go to next. Look, Jesus wasn't the only one that did this. You remember John the Baptist. Jesus called him the goat, right? The greatest of all time, at least among those born of women. And he still said he'd be the least in the kingdom, but he said, this guy is amazing and john one of the things that john had is john had a strong voice and the pharisees knew that the religious people of the day people really listened to him if you're going to be saying a lot you've got to have something worth saying right so so where did john where did he get those things to say where did he get his insight why did people lean into him why did people listen to him well maybe because he grew up in the wilderness in a what a desolate place. It was in the quiet place that he found his voice. And then in the public space, everyone heard it. Is this thing on? You are very quiet this morning. Just looking at me. I'll take it. It's going deep into your hearts, right? It's the quiet space. It's in that space that all the other stuff begins to overflow into people's lives. So, so, okay, let's do this. Because I said we were going to come to this point. So you, you follow Jesus, that's very important. You're a follower of Jesus. You even have a place, but you're just lacking presence. You're lacking connection. You're struggling to connect with God in your prayer time. What is happening in that space? Why is that happening? Well, there's any number of reasons why this could happen. I'll just give you three. And these three are are pretty common. And if you were able to move past these three things, I think that will posture you to see God move in your life in a more significant way. You ready? Here's number one, you're just too distracted. You're way too distracted. You follow Jesus and you've got the place. So you finally get alone with God and all you're thinking about are your kids, interest rate hikes. How are you going to fix this problem? What are you having for dinner tonight? I still need to go help that person do that thing. Uh, You know, you've got lots going on. You're just too distracted. So the time that you're meant to be giving to God is time that you're spending thinking about all the stuff that you've got to do. Now, if that's ever happened to you, welcome. Welcome to prayer. Yeah. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel guilty. I reckon the enemy of your soul would love to make you feel guilty at this point. Like, oh, you can't even focus for five minutes. What is wrong with you? Well, you know what? I reckon that sometimes if you can focus and and, and get past that first five minutes, push through that barrier don't let guilt drive you out from God's presence. Go past that point and say, "That's all right. I, 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 I am distracted, but that's okay. I'm going to pray again, and just go back to it." See, this is why it's so simple. You just go back to it. Listen, church. There, are, there are so many distractions. There are distractions even at church. You know, like if, if you're a person, especially say you're you're rosted on to do something at church and you're busy and you're doing things. You know, so, so you you've got your focus split. My my point is, no matter whether you're at home or whether you're at church or where you are, don't don't lose that connection space with God. It's out of that space that everything flows. And guys, you know what? We all have stuff to do. We are all busy. I've never met a person that isn't busy. It's like a badge of honour. If you're not busy, are you even living? You know, like everyone's got to be busy. If I met somebody, I say, hey, how are you doing? They're like, oh, I don't have much going on. I go, oh, you must be a bit of a loser because you know, there is just nothing happening in your life, you know? <laughs> how are you going? Oh, I'm busy. You must be important. You must be important if you're busy. Guys, we all got stuff going on. We're all busy, you know? some of must choose a better portion than others. There's a story in the Bible about Mary and Martha. two ways you can approach God. And Martha is this lady who, you know, she's busy. Jesus comes over to her house. Two sisters, Jesus comes over to their house. Martha is busy. Can I just tell you that, that what Martha was doing was not a sin. It's not a sin to be busy. She still loved Jesus. It wasn't that she was doing anything wrong. In fact, culturally, she was probably doing everything that was right. What I'm saying is, is that you can still be doing the right things, but choosing a lesser portion. She gets irritated with her sister, Mary, who's doing nothing. Mary is doing what? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. So Martha's in the kitchen, cooking up a storm. Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus. And she's just listening and and sitting in His presence and wanting to hear everything that Jesus has to say. Martha gets so irritated, she walks in and she says to Jesus, are you going to tell my lazy bone sister to, to help me? And what does He say? Martha, Martha. You are anxious about many things. That's the problem. People are anxious about too many things. What about this? What about that? We all have responsibilities, right? He says, but Mary has chosen what? The good portion. And it will not be taken from her. Even though she had stuff to do, Jesus said, it's better for her to be here with me. How many of you have stuff to do, but you know, you're better off spending your time with Jesus. I'm telling you right now, it took me years to get this. You know, when you lead a church, there are quite a few responsibilities that you have. And earlier on, I don't know, I don't look. I don't know if I had less or more responsibilities, but I just know for a, a, as far back as I can remember, I've been busy. But the difference in my life for years now has been when I see that list of things to do and it presses me to give my attention to it, I pretty much ignore that. And not forever because... We are still responsible to people, times and dates. You've got meetings, you've got appointments that you've got to get to. But I say, it's not gonna pull my attention and my focus because I need to be here now. So, you know, when I have my prayer time with God, here's what I do. I get up and I, the first thing I do for, for all you very unspiritual people is to put on some batch brew coffee with my Mokker Master. And I, that thing's cooking away. And then I get that jug, and I get a, so I get a cup of coffee and I sit in a space where I can be alone. And I just, for the first few moments, I put in my earphones and I just listen to some instrumental music. I don't wanna hear words because I feel like words are gonna distract me. And I, I just put in some instrumental music, like some acoustic guitar or something like that, some keys, kind of like what you're doing right now. And I I just listen and I just sit in His presence. And then I start to pray. You know, and I, I get distracted too, guys. Some mornings more than others, and I don't know why. Do you know what I do? Do you know what my workaround is for when I start to get distracted? It actually really irritates me, but it does happen from time to time. And I say, well, I better give my mind something to focus on. So you know what I do? I open my Bible. And as I start to read, it refocuses my mind. And then I go back to praying. And sometimes I'll just read until something, I have an encounter over some verse or God just speaks to me through His Word because I fully expect Him to when I read. And I, and I read and then, and then I can put that down and I, and I keep praying. Sometimes I feel like I, I pray and I get to this place where I go, well, you know, I feel like I've said everything and I'm sure I can, there's plenty of other things to do. But you know, the other thing I do is I pray in tongues. And you know what, if, if, you, if you speak in tongues, you should pray in tongues all of the time. Do it for 10 minutes every day, right? Just every day, just do it and see what happens to your life. You know, I just pray, I, I go, I, I've come to the end of my words, but I can, I can pray a different way. So I, I pray in tongues and by this stage, I'm through my jug of coffee and not really, that's not true. Actually, sometimes it is, sometimes it is. Right. But I have those moments and so sure, there's got to be a, a, a mum somewhere here that's saying, Are "You kidding me? Like, you know, you can get up and have that time. I don't get that." All right. So what I would say is, uh, we all have kids that wake up early. Ours is Isaac. You know, for, since he's been born, 5:30, ooh, he's awake, right? So you know what? What I'm saying is, is that sometimes it does get challenging. But where possible, you just wake up as early as you need to to have the space that's required. You know, like if you want to sleep in, sleep in at night, go to bed early. So you've got wake up and have that, that time. And some of you are going like, are you, this is wild stuff you're talking about. Go to bed early. Like, what do you, what do you mean? Right? Well, guess what? Your lives are value driven. They are. They're value driven. You're always making the call on a value somewhere in your life. And it's like, well, what are you going to value? People do this all the time. We do this in church. If you value church, you'll come here um, every week because it's a value of yours. You know, if it's the less, the the less important it is, the less you show up. If prayer time with God is super important to you, you'll show up with to be there in that prayer time, you know, every day. Why? Because you love it. And sometimes action precedes passion. So you start doing something, but then you become passionate about it. I don't know where action, you know, started and passion took over. But I just know this is that if I don't have that time with God, it's, I no longer carry the guilt about not having it. I just really miss it. Like, I do. I just miss it. I miss his presence. I I miss that time that we have together. It's, I don't know how to say it, other than it's so settling, it's so anchoring. I have a peace in God that I, I, I cannot find anywhere else on the earth think Jesus said that that was the kind of peace that He would bring. So we have a peace. So what's the first one? You're too distracted. We all get that. But if you do the things that I'm talking about, I think it'll help. Here's the second one, unaddressed sin. That's the second thing that'll separate you from God, is unaddressed sin. You know, when, when it comes to this stuff, here's what I'd say. It's okay to struggle. It's not okay to not struggle. It's okay to struggle. It's not okay to not struggle. When you stop struggling, it's because you're just handing yourself over. You're like, I'm not gonna fight this anymore. This is my life. The posture and position that you have has changed. Instead of posturing yourself before God, you've made an idol out of something that shouldn't be there and that will separate you from God do you know that there is grace with repentance yeah you are so quiet today like there is grace with repentance you know what repentance is repentance is where you turning away from the things that have got your heart and you go after Jesus If I am giving position to sin, I can't have a posture at the same time for Jesus. I cannot face both ways at the same time. I've said this many times. You know what's coming. African proverb, man who walks in two directions shall split his pants. How many people try to go both directions, right? I wonder why I can't connect with God. It's because you're giving too much position to this and you should have been posturing yourself for that. There are so many things that will separate people from from God. Pornography, gambling, lying, pride, or we could keep going, pick your poison. But whatever it is, the idea is at the end of whatever that thing is, you are filled with shame and guilt and that will keep you from God. And then to get away from that shame to get over that guilt, people often turn back to that sin because it's the only thing that makes them feel good, but it doesn't last long, does it? And then they go down the spiral. Here they are going back down again. The good thing about God is that if you ever decide to cut that off, it's not gonna take you months to get back to Jesus. It'll only take you one moment. So you don't have to spend all this time getting back into God's good books, right? You just say, I'm sick of this and I want you. And if you make that decision in your heart, you'll start to have connection with God in a way that you haven't had for quite a while. So cut off this and go after that, right? All right, here's the last one. You've got no vision, (laughs) just no vision for your prayer life. You're like, you don't even know how people can pray past two minutes. It's like, what do you say? It's like you've just got no vision for what your prayer life could look like. Listen, you could pray for, uh, you pray for about a million things, you can pray for people that are far from God. You can pray for your marriage. You can pray for your job. You can pray for your family. You can pray for your kids. You can pray for your pastors. You can pray for leaders. You can pray for connecting with God. God, I want to be closer to you. You can pray for the gift of prophecy. That's what the Bible says. Ask for it, you know, and He'll give it if you ask for it, you know. So so you can ask for these things. You can ask to have an encounter with God. That's Sometimes I will say that because how many of you would realize that you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but still receive a fresh filling? Did you know that? And so sometimes I'll I'll posture myself before God and say, ah, I just want something fresh today. I I want a fresh feeling. And and, and I I want to encounter your presence today. I don't want this to be static and I don't want it to be religious and I'm not here to tick a box, God. I want you. I really, really do. And I'll ignore other things. We have a a dream team huddle here at at Bright Church. And if you're on our dream team, that's all of our volunteers are on the dream team. And we have this dream team huddle where we pray before a service. And oftentimes I find myself rushing to get to that service. Do you know why? Because I was praying at home. That's the reason why I struggle because I, I, I don't want to leave this. And I know I'm about to do this. So I better have all of that because I, I feel it. I, I need it. We all have responsibilities. I still need to be here. Otherwise, I'll just throw the mic to Pastor Ruth. She can get up preach an amazing word. But I, guys, I know I, I, I got to be here, but I know how much I need that. Start to get some vision for your prayer life. Start to get some vision for the things that you can pray for. Start to see not what is, but what could be if God shifted a couple mountains and moved a few things in your life. Maybe the reason why people sometimes connect is is not that they've got no vision, maybe it's just the wrong vision. It's like you think that when you get to your prayer life, it's gonna be fireworks everywhere. And so you miss the whisper of God. You're expecting it to be this. And it doesn't meet your expectations but the whisper oh that's where you get the word of wisdom encounters are great but when god speaks oh it can shift everything the most important thing is that you position yourself and you take the time and you get your heart right before god because without prayer without doing those things without prayer you're not really going to connect with him oh you'll still be in proximity You're just not really gonna connect with Him. You know, James 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. That means that it is within your reach to initiate a connection moment. Have you ever seen that before? God is everywhere. So He's all around you all of the time. But if you decide to step into His presence, what are you doing? You're drawing near. And as you draw near to Him, He says, I'll draw near to you. He's so eager for your attention. And the moment you give it, He says, I'm there. How beautiful is that? And then you connect. And all the good stuff begins to flow out of it. The Spirit is always in proximity. But there's a difference between just being around God and really connecting with Him. So when you get before God, you can pray. Or you can meditate. You can sit. You can read, you can worship. All of these things are perfectly acceptable ways for you to really begin to connect with God. And you know what will happen if you do? If you do, you'll start to hear God's voice with greater clarity, more than you've heard before. This happens to everyone. The closer you get to God, the clearer you hear Him. So it's really this simple. Pray and do not give up. Remember Jesus said that? Pray and do not give up. And if you do that, you'll be able to connect with God. Everyone can. He wants you to connect with Him. You just got to posture yourself for it. You got me? All right, stand to your feet. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.